0: of my favorite things to do when i'm like kind of close to the end of work is to like put a game on it's kind of why i built my man cave to have like three tvs on the wall you know um and i just forgot how fucking shitty august can be sometimes don't get wrong i love baseball but like it's the only thing on and i think what makes august worse than july nine times out of ten is like in july you're kind of past like the, the nba season's over and you're kind of like but golf still is kind of around if you're a golf fan, which I know you're not, but it doesn't matter. Um, And yeah, you still have golf kind of around, um, but like baseball, you're kind of in baseball mode. And like, those are when like the games really kind of start to matter. So you like, you want to watch every game really closely to see how your team's going to like kind of push the playoffs. When August comes around, it's like football ramps up and it feels like football is priority now, which it is like I had a fantasy football draft last night. Like that's all I'm thinking about. And I'm super excited for the football season. And like you like you're on Twitter all day. You're reading like football stuff. You're talking, texting your friends, football shit all day. And then you get home and all you can watch is just like regular season baseball. It's just a bummer. Like the, just the, 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 like the ghost time of year for sports when all you have is regular season baseball. And uh, I just, God, I just want football to start already so we can have something
1: else to watch on weekdays. College football two weeks away. You're telling me you don't want to watch angels tigers no and
0: today it's even worse julio because we had a day game so now i have absolutely nothing
1: to watch tonight it sucks so we've and whitney and i realize um we aren't good at watching tv shows together mm. so we've what started do you mean by that um and just like our schedules are always just kind of all over the place that we we don't have many shows we watch together or like Mm. you know we'll watch Bachelor every Monday night and then um, like we watch Mandalorian and we watch WandaVision but there's a lot of shows that people have been telling us about or we've been telling each other about like hey you need to watch this show and we just Mm. haven't doing it so Thursday night is now designated TV night so, That's a good idea. I should yeah.
0: change one of my nights a week to that. So like I'm watching a new show one night a week.
1: Yeah, so we have a, a lineup set of like shows we want to watch. We'll kind of like rate which one we want to mm-hmm. watch the night. So we got like I've heard a bunch of people talking about White Lotus. I'm stoked to watch that. So you're gonna try eventually. to watch
0: one show all the way through, or are you gonna like split it up? Like every week it's a like, Depend- like, maybe so, like
1: a rotation of like three shows. Um it depends because it's like if it's like kind of a limited series, we'll, we'll start. We'll start yeah. the show, and then if we want to just keep watching it, we just keep watching it whenever we want. But yeah. every Thursday is like permitted. We're going to watch a show. So something like, I've never seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, and she's always like told me about it, but I, I know it's hell long. So it's like Don't that's a the com- movie. The movie's trash. Oh, of course not. Never, never watch it. But yeah, I, I. But my two shows, I'm so excited to eventually show her on that list. Ted Lasso, mm-hmm. obviously new episode tonight. Yeah. And succession. Mm. Whoa she's never seen succession. No, I'm so I'm, wow. Yeah, she's I'm, and the, but the the one retreat. I'm excited to watch with her, Umbrella Academy. I'm so excited to watch. Umbrella I've never Academy.
0: seen Umbrella Academy, and didn't really catch my attention too much. You know. Well, that's because
1: know. you went to the opposite of an umbrella. What is that? Academy. The yeah. Rain. I don't know. Sunglass oh no, right, Academy. You have an sunglasses the, Academy. There you go. Whatever you know, fuck frat it. Frat Academy. Frat Whatever. Academy. Welcome You wear everybody. a lot of
0: sunglasses in fr- in, when you're in a frat. Yeah, there you go. It's like a thing. Yeah, welcome to Town Tailgate. Uh, that's Julio. I'm Chris. Uh, this is our podcast where we talk about Oakland A's baseball. We are members of the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Check out their stuff at Around the Diamond on Twitter. We are at Town Tailgate on Twitter um rough week this week julio we're gonna get into that um in the second half of the episode um uh, but uh before we jump into the big three is there any news that we need to announce i don't know why i just totally blanked on that um one... Oh, julio you and you and jason did a a green room today
1: yeah that was awesome so okay. shout out to our, our good buddy jason burke over at locked on a's he started i had uh, i'm heading out of town for the weekend and uh I was packing some stuff up, getting things together, and they were on green room. i like, yeah, screw it, I'll join. So trying with him. Uh I didn't catch his name, but there's an ace fan that he's friends with that was all the way from Australia talking to there. Oh, wow. So that was awesome. Uh we also had the host of Lockdown Yankees, so it's really cool hearing that perspective. Uh but yeah, if Jason, if you're listening, man, loved it. Humbly jumping on when I can. But another special shout out to good friend of the show. I think he listens to almost every show since like the beginning. Eric Taylor, shout-out to Anyok, hooked me up with this awesome... Damn it, my hand positioning's off. That's actually pretty good hand positioning right there. Okay, there we go. Uh, It's a cool pennant. Yeah, it's an old-school ace pennant. It's the 1972-1973 World Champion swinging ace. So, appreciate it. Good luck on that one. Uh, And, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter and and subscribe to where you get your pods. I think that's only major news we have
0: yeah and we're gonna try and we want we've been trying to do more green rooms and like maybe some we'll try and like collaborate some youtube lives or something like that as long as
1: it's not the movie green room (laughs) totally fine yes we don't want to get in those green rooms no matt
0: damon no matt damon um (laughs) um yeah yeah so we'll try and collaborate some more of those so you guys can listen to live pods and live reactions and
1: stuff like that i think we're thinking of this different movie
0: Oh, what's the one with Matt Damon the Paul Greengrass movie that wasn't that great?
1: Oh, that's... um. Green Zone. Green
0: Zone. Green, Green zone. Room
1: is with Patrick Stewart and then uh, Ansel Egort. You know, R.A.P. That yeah. movie's... F- have you seen that movie? Ansel Egort did not die. No, I'm thinking of who's... He's a star of the new West Side Story coming out okay I I butcher the names then who is the actor who was in Star Trek he was and Charlie Bartlett he like passed away oh um um uh,
0: I know you're talking about but it's not important uh you can you can look it up and fill us in it later I will start with the big three all right we'll start with the big three
1: did you find it And Yelchin. Anyways, quick summary. They're a punk band. They're playing a show in Portland, but what they don't realize is the place that they're playing at is actually like a massive Nazi bar, and they get kidnapped in it. And it's fucking crazy. Highly recommend. Patrick Stewart's the main guy of the Nazi clan. Big three. Take it away, Chris. All right.
0: So uh, the biggest story this week was Tyler Gilbert, rookie, uh, made his uh, debut start um, for the. Oh my God. Totally blanking now. There's The They're diamondbacks. They're not a relevant team anymore. The Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. Touche. Um and he pitched a no hitter. Um his dad also went viral because his dad was a lot like James Caprillion's dad was losing his mind during it. Rightfully so. His son threw a new no hitter for the, his uh debut. Uh that was pretty cool to see. The Diamondbacks have had nothing to celebrate all season, and this was something for them to to celebrate. Um I couldn't begin to tell you what his prospect rankings and stuff like that were. I had never really heard of him until I got the ESPN update about the no hitter. But I thought that was pretty cool. Julio, your thoughts?
1: Uh he was an unprotected. He got taken in the seventh was only round. Yeah, he got taken in the sixth kind of round old. by the Phillies. He was traded to the Dodgers last year. USC. Uh, yeah. Traded to the Dodgers February of last year. And then the Dodgers, uh, he would left him unprotected for the Rule Five pick, so the Diamondbacks went and picked him up. He is surprisingly, because you know baseball is a hundred and twenty-plus-year-old professional organization, at least Major League Baseball is, and uh, he is the fourth player to ever do this, and he is the first since 1953 with Bobo Holman. He joins the ranks with Bobo Holman, Ted written stein Stein and of course one of our all-time favorite players bumpus jones those are
0: such 1900s names
1: right there i just want to hear keenan thompson say bumpus jones
0: <laughs> but that's uh, those literally sound like names from characters in um boardwalk empire <laughs> <laughs> like they're gangsters from like philadelphia who no, like,
1: don't watch out for bumpus jones you hey? see yeah uh, no, no major thoughts, really. This just I think this is a really amazing accomplishment. Um, the odds are we're not going to ever see this again in our lifetime. So uh, glad yeah. that if you were able I to mean, catch no, the town. No
0: one, no one saw it in many lifetimes, apparently. Those names, weren't they from 1900 and, and 1890 or something?
1: Uh, so our good friend of the show, Bobo Holloman, threw it in 1953. My for point oh, of reference, 53. my dad okay. was born in 1953. Yeah. Uh, and then before that, our guy Bumpus Jones in 1892, and then uh, yeah. Ted Brittenstein in 1891. Uh, and also, we, we kind of stopped talking about no-hitters on this podcast because it was just getting redundant, but uh, this is the eighth no-hitter of the season. It set the single season, or it's tied the MLB record with uh, only six weeks left in the season, so... Chris, does it happen? Are we going to get the record? Is somebody else going to throw in a hitter the rest of the season?
0: No, I don't think we get it. I think that MLB um, changed the balls up after they saw all the no-hitters the first month. And they're like, whoa, it's looking a little fishy. So let's put some more juice back in
1: there. Whatever. Devil's Advocate, is. I think it's going to happen. Okay. The shittier teams got even worse because of the trade deadline. Mm,
0: that's a good point. Which they even always do, the, and then this is where the this is where the team the playoff
1: teams kind of start to like get their ground because they beat up on the shitty teams. Yeah, even though the Padres were the ones who got no hit, but we'll talk about that in a moment. They um, didn't have Tatis that game though. I mean, they yeah, a, they're, they're stacked. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, they got the crown zone. But hey, man, I I know like three D backs fans, Trevor Holloway. He got uh, good uh, one of our good family friends. Just graduated from, uh, uh, I think, ASU Nursing School or some medical school. And then he got this. So, shout out to him. Because, uh, really, that's all he got as a D-backs fan this year. <laughs> all right, and moving then, on. Next yeah. thing. Oh, no. Uh, and then also Madison Baumgartner. Do a not technical, but technically...
0: You know what I was pretty amazed to find out the other day. Mass and Bumgarner is only thirty two
1: years old. Doesn't he feel like he's been around forever? Well, it's funny that you bring that up because when we were talking on the the green room earlier today, the yeah. the Locked On Yankees host was just talking about um, this this notion that Brett Garner is just this old dude in this team mm-hmm. like Brett Garner in base is not that old at all. He's just old old in baseball years, but then when you put in perspective that he's been through like four different presidencies during his playing career, then that might (laughs) age him up a little bit. Wow, Brett Gardner,
0: 37. He turned 37, he turns 38
1: on the 24th. I think he's just at a, a fielding position that like you don't see old dudes it that much anymore? Yeah, 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 yeah. They usually become DHs by this point,
0: or they're pitchers.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, all right, Chris, what so, we got next? Uh, next thing, yeah, next thing we want to talk about is um the epic tank job that has happened from a handful of teams, less than a handful of teams, um ever since the All Star break. Um, the Red Sox are probably the most um publicized of this because they're on the East Coast and because they play the Yankees a lot. Um. They have just dropped dramatically in the standings. They were in first place of the AL East, probably the best division in baseball. Um, I would argue the best division, but others might differ. Di- differ. Actually, no, NL West is probably the best. But second clo- close second. Um, uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, the Red Sox were in the first place in the, in the AL East. Now they are out of the wild card right now. They're the first team out. They're only a half game behind us, but they are not um, – quite in the playoff picture right now they have they, ever since the all-star break they are 15 and 16 just below 500 the padres have made an epic little uh little uh plummet as well um they're 14 and 16 since the all-star break you could argue uh part of that is because of the injury to their best player fernando tatis as they've also had a few other injuries including to their starting rotation you darvish got hurt but they also uh, that's which is why they signed uh, jake arieta um recently Uh, And then the Mets, which we are going to get into this a little bit more detail because their owner had something to say about it. But the Mets are 14 and 20. So they the reason why they're 14 and 20 and not around like 14 and 16, 14 and 15 like the other teams is because they had a COVID outbreak just before the All Star break. So they had to play a a bunch of double headers um, in the month of July um, to make in beginning August to make up for that. So they played a few more a few more games since the All Star break. Um, They are doing terribly. Their offense is just a joke um i don't know julio where do you want to do should we just start with the with what steve cohen tweeted yeah
1: it's it's just outrageous what he said i'm gonna i'm pulling it up right now but um if you don't if you're not like aware f-
0: he sounded like a disgruntled fan
1: yeah which Let's paint that picture for i you. think that's a big part of his his thing that's uh but there, uh yeah. A lot of talk's been going around. Well, first off, Steve Cohn, quick summary. He became the new con- man, or the new owner of the Mets this year, and he's all in. He's a big Mets fan beforehand. He's made the mo- big moves, the big splashes. You got Francisco Lindor. They were in the hunt for Trevor Bauer, which kind of looks yeah. great in retrospective. Anyways, uh, very vocal, to say the least. He tweeted out on August 18th. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have the most disciplined approach. The slugging and OPS numbers don't lie. He's just upset that his offense is
0: just is terrible, and he's bitching about it. And he's, I don't know, he's kind of throwing his, his players under the bus, which is kind of the, the most um, crazy thing about it. Like, I don't know, it's one thing to... Uh, to be upset in private about it or to to um display that to your your players you know in the clubhouse but to just like you know go out there in public and do it i don't know it's different i i don't think there's anything too wrong with what he's doing these guys get paid to be good baseball players he spent a lot of money doing it they i think it's our job as fans to hold these people accountable to make them good at their jobs like if i'm bad at my job i don't get to do it anymore you know so i think there is a level of like there you know he does i think there is some for lack of a better word like uh, you know it's fine that he he, he's not it's not fine but you know there is some like level of acceptance to what he's doing but like (laughs) I don't know. You do own the team, so like, I don't know. You're just kind of airing out your dirty laundry to everybody.
1: It's very uh, Steinbrennerian, for the lack of better words, and that's what a lot of people were saying. On like, I was watching the Chris Rose show on uh, John Boy and him and Trevor Plouffe were talking about, and they were just like, "Dude, imagine if John, if George Steinbrenner had Twitter in the '70s, like you don't even know, like all the oh, shit yeah. that he used to say about his team back then." Mm-hmm. In the press how many times he hired and fired billy martin all this stuff mm-hmm. like it, it like it was just the absolute shit show so who knows maybe this thing is going to turn around it doesn't look like it's going to turn around though uh it, the news or came out that jacob Degrom is more than likely going to be shut down for the rest of the season the the biggest problems with the mets is still the same problem that they've had for the last two three years which is their rotation's been really well. Taiwan Walker has been killing it over there. Marcus Stroman has been had a pretty solid year over there as well. It's just their offensive guys cannot be consistent. Pete Alonso's bat has got the big power. still going there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Dwight Smith Jr. had a really good year last year, and there was a lot of high expectations on him to kind of break out and kind of be one of the main guys on offense. Didn't happen. Michael Conforto has had a huge disappointing year. I know you're a big Jeff McNeil fan. And he hasn't been that hot. So what did they do to address all this OP, like, um, like OPS and slugging issues? They traded for Javi Baez, who is known for just being an all-or-nothing offensive player. Where it's like, you know, what he's either going to strike out three times in a game, or he's going to get you three home runs in a game. There's no other way. So that, it's like, look, that's on you for making those moves at the end of the day. But... It's also kind of funny that the Mets are just kind of spiraling. I, um, we hear how much Yankee fans hate Mets fans, and I understand why kind of now at this point, and yeah. it's pretty funny. Uh, but the Padres is astonishing what's happening right now.
0: Can, can I just touch on the Mets real yeah, quick yeah, go before it, go you it. move on? I just want to give some stats. So they're currently exactly 500. They're 1660. They're four and a half games out of the NL East. Um and in first place is um, the Braves, who are on an upward trend. They've won six straight, nine of the last ten. They have a plus 86 run differential. The Mets have a minus 24 run differential. And then let's see where they're at in the wild card real quick. In the wild card, they are – I mean, they're not. They're less in the hunt in the wild card than they are in their their division. They're five and a half games out. Um and Cincinnati's making a good run at San Diego right now for that second wild card spot. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, if they're shutting down DeGrom, I think
1: that's pretty much it. All right,
0: Padres, moving on.
1: The Padres are a combined, this is a, from Danny Vietti over at CBS Sports MLB. Uh, the Padres are combined 26 and 28 against the Rockies, D-backs, Pirates, Cubs, and Marlins this season. Uh, for perspective all these teams are currently in last or second to last place in their yeah, respective divisions yeah whoa um yeah, that's not good so it's funny if you go and talk they were to the Dr- fun
0: team going in this yeah. season like everybody' was like like they' that's the team that got a bunch of like national TV games because they're like fun to watch and
1: shit. and it's funny if you just ask fans who are uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Nick Million uh, one of my good friends, he's from Carlsbad, huge Dodgers fan. And he's like, dude, it's it's the same shit every time with the Padres. It's that people get so hyped up on their roster and you kind of, the expectations go over the head, which really on paper, this dog, this Padres team's awesome. It's just mm-hmm. like, Tatis was hurt, you brought it up. You uh, Darvis has been hurt. And a lot of their starters are kind of... Are just whatever they had to go pick up Jake Arrieta, who got shelled yeah. in Colorado. They were so close to getting Max Scherzer that didn't work out. And I think the one thing all these teams have in common, and we'll talk about talk about more with the Red Sox, is like these are the three teams that they really could have capitalized on, really upgrading their rosters during the trade deadline, and they did in the wrong areas. And mm-hmm. Padres, it's starting to look like. You know, even with Tatis hurt, their offense is still pretty consistent with, like, Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado's coming back up. Tommy Pham's been hitting pretty well lately. And uh, they needed some pitching depth, and they they couldn't pull anything off. So they had to do – they had to go get Jake Arrieta.
0: I mean, there's no one left for them to get at that point once Darvish got hurt. I mean, you could argue that they should have made a a better run at an arm at the deadline, but, like – I don't know. They kind of looked. O- they looked okay at the, at the deadline at that position, and also like you also don't want to give up too much to get another starter that like potentially you're on the hook for for another couple years because you still have Mike Clevenger coming back next year. So like that's a lot of money on the books. I don't know. I I mean, I, it's biting him in the ass now. But so there, there's still a game up on Cincinnati in the wild card spot. They are nine games back from the Dodgers at, for hosting that that uh. That uh uh wild card spot. Um, that wild card game. Um, and let's see how many games are back from the Giants. So I think they're twelve games back from the Giants. Yeah, they're twelve games back from the Giants. They don't have, have any shot at the at the division. I, wow, Dodgers run differentials plus two oh four. They're gonna beat the shit out of the Padres in that game. I don't know, man. I I don't know what you do to solve this. You could make the argument. I'm sure a lot of people would make the argument. They got Tatis back. It's going to be a different ball game. Well, look at Mike Trout and what he does for the Angels.
1: Look at Atani. Look at Atani's doing this year. And they're still yeah. below 500 team. But yeah. it's like, and you kind of going to go on that wild card point. It's like the Dodgers are the last team right now in terms of the wild card picture. You will want a one game playoff because it's like, no. all right, we're throwing out either Max Scherzer or uh, Walker, Walker Bueller. Bueller. It's like, like yeah good luck who i think walker bueller should i feel like he's not going enough. Cy, cy young love as he mm. is i know it's pretty cool now that like the grom's at the cy young for nl's kind of like up in the air
0: mm. but
1: it's like what are you gonna do um what are you gonna do hopefully the Padres can turn around because they're, they're fun as hell the i think they will at some point now that tatis is healthy and blake snell's kind of turning around i think they'll start playing better but let's just Put, shit on the hold, Red Sox hold, for a minute hold, if you're uh, hold, uh, hold, hold, uh, hold.
0: Hold. Who who do you pitch in that wild card game against the Dodgers or the
1: Giants if the Dodgers catch up to the Giants? I mean, if you Darvish is healthy, you have to. If not, um it's a maybe a spicy take, but I think he it's got to go be Blake Snell? Snell. He's pitched in yeah. those big games before. Uh he's pitched oh, a, a lot too. better over the last month and um I know he pitched pretty well against the A's. So, like, I think it's got to be one of those two guys. There's a reason why you traded for them, and it's for those big moments.
0: I think I would want to go with Snell because he's been there before. He's been to a World Series, so you have confidence that he's not going to be, like, um, he's not going to be intimidated by the Dodgers, like, stacked lineup of, of Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, even though he's having a bad year, he's still Cody Bellinger. Mookie Betts, even though he's having a bad year, he's still Mookie Betts. Will Smith, fucking Corey Seager, Justin Turner. Like, there's no relief there where a guy like Blake Snell, you know, he's not going to give a shit about that. He's just going to go and he's just going to try and deal the best he can. Let's not forget, you Darvish pitched in no a World Series. That's true, but you Darvish, realist, if the playoffs were to start right now, you Darvish can't do that. Yeah, that's there, true. That's, I'm trying to live in, like, the, in that kind of reality. All right.
1: Let's just shit oh, on the sorry. Red Sox for a second. We don't want to go on too far for this subject. Completely yeah. tanking. We had Red Sox Twitter fans. We're trying to talk shit on the A's. And then now they're not in the playoff picture anymore. Mm-hmm. They fucked up by not trying to pick up Anthony Rizzo. They said they got Kyle Sh- Kyle Schwarber, who came back to earth after, I think, a lot of us projected to be that. Their yeah. rotation's kind of fallen to shits. Chris Hill had a really good game coming back and good for him, but it was against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, as much as I, as much as hatred as I have for the Yankees, it's almost kind of poetic of just seeing the Red Sox just flail right now. It's pretty funny.
0: There was nothing about the Red Sox roster except for Devers and and Bogart's that really like blew me out of the like out of the out of my mind where I was like, yeah, that team that team's going to they're going to finish it off strong, first place in the NL East, like or AL East. Like I don't know, man. I said this I said this around the deadline and and I I still believe it. Like they just like those guys are good, but there's no like fucking star power there, you know? Like star star power. Maybe you could argue the same thing with us, but i don't know it's just yeah i look they were red sox fans were super cocky the first half of the year um it's funny it's funny how 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 much they've come kind of come down to reality lately especially that fucking douchebag steve who was talking shit about the a's and and julio called him out on a twitter (laughs) for
1: um oh a lot of ace fans were dunking on him it was great I know it
0: was pretty great. And then Yankees fans chimed in. Thanks to Robbie Schlatter. Thank you, Robbie. The four train savages. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just an epic meltdown. They're pretty much out of it. I can't see them catching up to us or if we manage to um, leap over the uh, which is very possible um, leap over because we were above them a couple days ago. Um, the Yankees. Um, I just. I don't. I think it's done. I. I don't think that. I don't think that's a, much of a competition in my. You
1: opinion. know, MLB is salivating at the chance of having a Red Sox Yankees wild card game, though.
0: How, how how many more? I'm gonna look this up right now. Maybe you could stall. How many more games the Yankees and Red Sox have against each other? Because if the Yankees or if the if the Red Sox can dominate that series amongst each other, then they do have a shot.
1: Uh, I have a, a a random stall thing. Why? Well, go ahead and look that up. Oh. I, I was looking at You Darvish's stuff still. I pulled up his Wikipedia page. Did you know his dad is Iranian? That's cool. Farsad Darvish Safat. So You Darvish's full name is Farid You darvishafat Japanese, wow. Damn, did not know that. That's tied. Okay,
0: so yeah, the Red Sox are fucked. They play the Yankees only one more time um the weekend the last week of of the season that's the only way you're going to be able to to really trump i mean maybe you can make a comeback but like those series are more important because you move an entire game ahead of them in the standings as opposed to half a
1: game yeah well either either way i think okay before we end this topic who do you feel most optimistic about turning things around I the think Padres. we're on the same page. Yeah, we're both the on the same page, it's the Padres. Yeah. It's just I think they had pretty gnarly injuries to like their two best players.
0: And look, you get some timely hitting in in a few games and you're back to normal and you're back to you got the like, you know, winning's contagious type of situation. Yeah, I don't think the Red Sox have a shot. I don't think the Met, I mean, de- the Mets definitely don't have a shot. It's the Padres. And the Padres are kind of like the best suited in the standings for it as well. They're 3 games up on the Reds. Um and the Reds have were a hot team you know this past like month but you know I don't know if that's long term um and you know the Red Sox are outside
1: looking in the
0: Mets are outside looking in
1: Reds look really good right now though I'm telling you Joey they're not outside but
0: the the Padres are not outside looking in they're inside protecting their lead it's just it's just a different it's a different mindset
1: you're right.
0: The Reds have been looking very good, actually. Cassiano's
1: healthy again. Joey Votto's been raking. Joey India is looking like the rookie of the year. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be really exciting to watch that chase. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, fill the Dreams game was the biggest regular season drawing ratings-wise since 2005. Now, there's speculation already that we have – uh or they're gonna do it again next year supposedly and they've that's already announced be... they're gonna do it is it is it official i know it hasn't i don't know if mlb has actually said it yet but um the rumors are mlb announced they will be doing it but they haven't announced who it was yet and the speculation yeah. is going to be reds cubs because of course um it's great that people are watching it i think that's fantastic did you enjoy it julio no, I think it was cool. It was cheesy. Like, don't get me wrong, but I know. I think it was cool. I think it was pretty badass just watching the balls why get lost have, in the cornfields. Why did they have Kevin Costner
0: walk around the field aimlessly for five minutes? It I, Look, I, I get the slow buildup in drama, so then just have him walk super slow to, like, shallow center field. Don't have him walk aimlessly around the field. He doesn't do that in the movie. That was really weird.
1: I think I, we sh- he gave like the whole I will say the little speech when he gives a little speech when the players come out of the grass that was really cool but I'm going to kind of when the players came out of the grass that was fucking dope that was tight that was real I, like, right, I get it I, like got that's chills. Built. I will say though um, I did listen to the Molly Knight interview on Levitard the other day mm-hmm. and they asked her about it and her and Jessica Smoltana kind of had the same point which is like they're gonna burn this thing down like what was going to be like this kind of unique thing and really special mlb is gonna ruin it and like i have a feeling that's what's gonna happen over the next five years if you're just gonna keep doing it year after year and you're just gonna keep all right this week we're this year we're having the uh brewers and royals it's like i don't care like, by that point, it's like you're kind of losing your audience. But also, at the same time, this is... Was... I don't
0: think there's anything wrong with doing it once, like, one game a, a, a year. I I think if they are to do the whole celebration and do this, like, overdone opening every single time, then, yeah, you're going to outdo it. But, like, why not... Like, that sounds like a... If I'm a player, that sounds like a dream come true to be able to play in this game at on this field. So, like, why wouldn't you just at least have a game there every single year? You don't have to do all of the, like, theatricals. Just do... Just do a game there. Like, we saw the Theatricals for the first time. That was fucking sick. Now, just, like, let's just have a game there every year. Just like we do... Just like
1: we have a game in London for the NFL every year. Check this out. For comparison, Field of Dreams out all but one regular season game last... NBA regular season game, Mavs-Lakers on Christmas, and all but two mm. playoff games prior to the NBA Finals. Bucks-Nets game seven, tight game, and then mm-hmm. Hawks-Sixers game seven. But there were still out-drone or out-drew by the fucking Hall of Fame game? Who was watching that? Who was watching NFL fans are crazy, Cow- Julio. God, anyways. Especially I think it's like, so, also...
0: Hold on, the Cowboys were in the Hall of Fame game. That's and why. Steelers. They're stupid-ass towels.
1: Two of the biggest fan bases in Makes the NFL. Sense. But, um, look, it, they might see this as a win, but I think if you think about a lot of how they measure ratings nowadays, they don't go by streaming. They still go by traditional cable metrics. And of course it was going to win because this was something that was geared more towards older audience. No, not like, I'm not saying like people in their sixties and seventies, but I'm sure like people in their, their fifties and forties and stuff like that. And, or people who grew up watching it with their family that was geared more towards them. So of course that was going to be a big viewing mark of it. But, um, i i hope it just leads to more creativity of what they're going to be doing with this i know i suggested like a sandlot game that'll probably happen but like that'd be cool or um i remember when they had like the first game in puerto rico a few years Mm -hmm. back and like uh, president obama attended like that was awesome yeah um just be a little more innovative with this stuff don't be afraid to kind of break the barriers that makes what these things kind of fun just don't keep doing the same shit over and over again because the fun and joy and the kind of romanticism of it all is going to get lost. But Julio, you made a good point the other day,
0: I think it was on our group chat that it shouldn't be like, I think one thing why the ratings did so well is that it was a national TV game during the weekday. Like that's something that they don't take advantage of. Like ESPN has two games during the weekday, Monday and Tuesday. I think it brought up last week on the show. Oh, you did yeah they yeah just like that. they need to do they more primetime, time more. Games. yeah yeah and they should get more teams involved i mean i don't i don't i just don't see why not you're in the middle of summer there's no like insane programming you have like for like your your like you know ncis like your like
1: staple show for a network i don't know it's weird look your biggest competition right now is bachelor in paradise which is also <laughs> which absolute is fire dope. start to the season great yes. start very excited but like yeah just work around that schedule it's all I've got to ask for
0: um all right so uh we're gonna take a quick break now um weird um different uh format this week because our A's News ties into our main segment so we're gonna do all that in one big segment um so stick around it which you guys can always probably already guess what it is but uh stick around and we'll be right back (sighs) welcome back everybody um we'll jump right into it so this is a's news um as well as um uh combo with our main segment um what's next is gonna be the title of that um so let's start off um well let's let's actually let's review the schedule um so the mariners um came or we went to the uh went to arlington to face the mariners or sorry, not the Mariners, the Rangers. Let's start uh, this over. Let's start Chris. Start over. No, we'll keep going. Um, to face the Rangers, went to Arlington, Texas, to face the Rangers. We dropped um two out of three there. Um, got rocked on Friday, um, whooped that ass on Saturday, and then got rocked again. Um uh, then we headed over to the South Side of Chicago to face the White Sox Monday, um, through today, Thursday, the nineteenth. Um more or less had some good hitting uh, the first two games but just could not bring runners home. There was multiple attempts to do that and we just couldn't get it done. Um and then on the eighteenth, um we trotted out our amazing um ace um Chris Bassett. Um in what inning was it that it happened? Third? It happened to the first. First? Was it the first?
1: Yeah yeah the, the first base. is first and third or first and second they had a base load or something like that. Gotcha.
0: <clears throat> in the first inning of that game, um Uh, He was uh, a, uh, the batter um, hit a line drive straight at him. It struck him at 100 miles an hour right in the face, just below the eye. Um, He goes down. um, It looked pretty bad. He was holding his face. Uh, Luckily, he was conscious during the entire time, but it was very worrisome. Um, Could have been a lot worse. Could have been life-threatening, but it looks like he's going to be okay. Get some surgery to repair his cheek. Um, His eye is fine. Still has 20-20 vision. It missed his eye, thank God. Um, but it was a very scary sight. If you have not seen it, um, um, you know, full discretion, uh, it's pretty hard to watch, but if you want to see it, um, our good friend Alex Espinoza from Ricky Blogs posted it on his Twitter. I think we retweeted it, Julio, as well. that is is correct. Um, yeah. Um, it looks like he's going to be out. We thought was going to be longer, potentially the rest of the season, potentially his career, but um, according to him... Um, in a text that he sent to Dallas Braden at 7 a.m. on Wednesday morning. Um, he thinks that he's going to be in a bullpen session a couple weeks. He's going to get a surgery tomorrow, repair that cheek. Once the swelling goes down, um, we'll take a couple weeks for that bone to heal a little bit after the surgery, um, and he's going to start throwing again. Julio, a lot of things to um, wrap our heads around here. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot to get through because this – Um, situation affects a lot of what we're kind of trying to do right now as a team in capture the division and hold on to the and or hold on to the wild card Um, we lose our ace pitcher potentially for the rest of the season uh, probably only for three or four weeks Um, our second best pitcher all season has been struggling lately Um, in the month of August he has ERA of 13 Um, in our hitting what was the bright spot of this win streak that we had going just before this run against the Rangers in the White Sox um, seems to be slowing down. It seems like small ball is kind of kicking us in the ass now. We get runners in scoring position, but we cannot bring them home. So, Julio, your initial reaction to um, the Chris Bassett. Let's start there with the Chris Bassett injury. Fuck!
1: Yeah. For lack of better word. Look, he's fine. Mine was like frightening. I was like, it was scary. It was so scary watching that live. It it was it was really horrifying to Mm kind of see that experience happen live. Thankfully, you know, like you mentioned, his eye will be okay. There's no brain damage. Unfortunately, we all remember when Brandon McCarthy got hit, and that more or less kind of ruined his career playing wise I know he did pitch I think he did pitch again he had a,
0: he had a couple of like all-star
1: seasons after that didn't he he no he did that was it when he for got the, like, hit uh, um that was it it was just it was kind of one of those things that when it happened it was like of course like this we were just going to the A's Just went this really tough series against the Rangers who for some reason just become this new unit of a team whenever they play the A's even though the A's still have a winning record against them they just play them so well and so tough at the worst times and then everyone was kind of dreading this series because the White Talks have really started clicking their guys have been coming healthy again Uh, the rotation has just been stout and then they added Craig Kimbrell and then Ryan Tapera to like really solidify that bullpen and this we were like alright this is the game this is the game where Sea bass out there, and of course, that happens, and everything just goes to shit. Now, uh, the other reaction is I think he now that knowing he's going to be okay and that there's a timeline of a potential return, this is what differentiates. We're gonna jump on the Bob Melvin train. Everybody, I got my conductor hat on, choo choo. We're gonna go. I think that's what makes him such a good manager is he's able to kind of navigate through those storms. He's able to kind of find the right guys for this moment because unfortunately he's had to go through this a lot through his career with the A's. If you think about yeah. you know, the horrible Brandon McCarthy situation. And we we had to talk about this a few weeks ago when Lazardo or when Ramon got suspended. We've, he's been through multiple guys who've been busted for PEDs, so he's kind of been through this before, and he knows how to kind of, kind of maintain those choppy waves more or less to kind of get those teams there. So I think, and Julio
0: last night yeah. was a great example. He picked the right guy to pitch that game last night, a guy with veteran experience who can come in there and pitch a quality start outing. Paul Blackburn. Well,
1: you know why, right? You know why? He's from Antioch, son. <laughs> Brentwood's finest, though he went to Heritage. Like, let's be honest. I, like, I was gonna make this point on Twitter mm-hmm. when, uh you know, because Heritage, I think when I when it was my senior year of high school, it was their first year, and I will always, yeah, rem- like I will always remember the because look, I didn't do any high school athletics, but I did one track for one one year, and I'll always hold mm-hmm. that to my chest. I was, I did high school sports for one year my senior year of mm-hmm. high school, but we ran against heritage and it you used was to hang out with your friends though. Yeah. But also like, Hey, I ran a five eighteen mile. That's
0: pretty good. Oh yeah, exactly. God, uh,
1: like with, with like only one year of training, everybody's like, damn, you should have kept doing this. I'm like, I fucking should have. But, um, I just remember our track meet was just like a complete, the lack of better words, Molly wop. We're like, mm-hmm. People were getting lapped in mile races. Um, Ryan Devito straight up ran like five different events that day. He's never done hurdles before, but he ran hurdles. Yeah. So all I'm saying um, is the fact they that freshmen and sophomore though. Yeah, but it, it was hella funny. But uh, there was a few people transferred who like there are a few <laughs> juniors we're and so seniors. off topic. Yeah, but the, my point is to kind of see where Heritage Athletics came from that point to now they have a guy who's can really pitch in the majors fantastic and like yeah. Paul blackburn was kind of an afterthought for a majority of the season because mm-hmm. we have the hype of dalton jeffries he's been pitching so well out there uh grant holmes has been lingering around there as well we're waiting for like okay when's aj puck gonna be starting we've kind of forgot like paul blackburn yeah he's not gonna have the most electric stuff but like when he's on and he's got the kind of i think the familiarity with sean murphy kind of helped him out a little bit he is a very pretty solid, sustainable pitcher. He's no better than like a Mike Fires in that situation. Yeah, uh, I agree. So yeah, a shout out to him. And I think uh, with with just I think this next few weeks are going to show you like how good of a manager Bowmel is. And you just it, it's been fr- like we're in the same boat as a lot of other Ace fans. Chris, you agree with me? It's frustrating. This week has been so goddamn frustrating. You just yeah. gotta. Be even keel just kind of take a breath try and if you're just really getting frustrated watching this team just don't watch step I, away that's what we had to do tuesday night when he got hit i just had to stop watching i'm like i'm not in the mood to watch this team right now
0: yeah i turned it off um but you know and it, i'm not gonna lie quite soon after the accident it was hard not to think like the, the thing that came through my mind was like well, where does this put our rotation now like if we get into a wild card game is Shamanaya the guy to go with we we've seen him get lit up in those games before i think he had a decent start last year in the wild card series which is better you know to see but um uh, you know his playoff record is not so great um you know small sample size but whatever um he's hasn't he's been pitching terribly recently so i would say if you would have asked me two weeks ago I would have had all the confidence in the world that he could be, he could lead the staff um, with Caprillion and and Montaz and Irvin right behind him, but like now it just it's super concerning, and we have some big series coming up that we need to win in order to get catch some ground from the Astros. We're only two and a half games behind the Astros, and the Astros have not been playing the best baseball they've been playing all season as of late. So right now, let's see what the Astros are at. They're splits um uh, right now they are five and five in their last 10 um they're on differentials one plus 164 but it was like around 200 a couple weeks ago um <clears throat> yeah that's just something that we really need to take advantage of and and I, I i would be lying if i said i wasn't concerned um the other guys behind them do i have confidence that maybe they could lead us through a series yes do i have confidence in one of them in a wildcard game probably not I think Frankie would probably be our best bet in that situation. I don't know if you want to trot out a rookie in Caprillion in that game, but um yeah, it's you know, it just leaves so many gaping holes and we had one of the top 10 pitchers in the league um go down like that when we had all the confidence in the world. And I you know, Jeff Passon said it on SportsCenter last night. He's been like a sneaky like Cy Young candidate that no one in the league is talking about. Chris Bassett. Like you look at his numbers and he's up there with all the other guys. Um, So I don't know. That was the thing. That's the thing that concerns me the most. Um, So I'm hoping that he's back in time for the playoffs and he's like back to form. That's, that's, that's yeah. That's what's weighing on my mind a lot.
1: That's I'm glad you brought up the back to form thing because uh, you know, wait, have you watched season two of Ted Lasso yet? No, I'm waiting for it okay. to all go, and then I'm going to binge it. I forgot that's your thing. Anyways, the first episode has to deal with the For yips. shows like that. Only for shows like that. Yeah, yeah. The first episode has to deal with the yips, and yeah. that's kind of my concern with Seabass when he comes back, is yeah. how quickly is he going to adjust to kind of going back into that pitcher's mentality where it's like, fuck. I think that's the biggest fear for anybody who's ever paid, played baseball, especially if you're a pitcher, is just like, what's going to happen if I don't catch a ball or if I just can't stop a ball, and that reaction it just hits me. Um, it, I will it, say it the just, one
0: thing about Seabass C- is he's a badass, and he kind of like really struts himself out there. And it's oh, absolutely. You yeah. just he has this aroma of being a badass to where I have confidence he can. But yes, that is definitely something that you know it's to to be concerned about too.
1: Yeah, I, it's. I think maybe give him a couple starts until it kind of figures yeah. out his groove. Yeah. It just for sure, and I think he's he's a very prideful person. He's really big mm. on just everything he's done for this team. Um, he's really busted his ass to get to the spot where he's at right now. But like, dude, look how far he's grown over this last year. Man. I remember when we had Mason on last year. I'd say he's this like, last two years. Yeah, remember we had Mason on last year for when the first step. He's like, yeah, I don't know how sustainable it's oh. gonna be, and it's just like, dude, the guy's been. One of on. the best pitchers in American League. All right, is to, this a Mason wrestling to, session? Take it away. Yeah,
0: to to Seabass's defense, he was having an insane year. He was fucking killing it all last season. But but Mason was still hesitant about it. I would say, a year and a half ago, when he first like came back up, I think it was an injury, or it was a Monta. No, it was not the Monta. It was some injury to someone in the rotation. I want to say AJ Puck, and he came up and he lit it up that year, and he, he and he became a staple of the rotation. Um, yeah, no, that that Mason that Mason hot take was was when he was already pitching really well. So that's why that take is just – that should be on the Freezing Cold Takes Twitter
1: account. I'm just glad we'll forever have that moment because it's great. Um, yeah. But, you know, honestly, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, too, uh, the last dive bar. Uh, Chris, go ahead and hold up the mug real quick while you got it there. Ooh, so Richie, look at that. Look at that shit. So fantastic. Anyways, the last dive bar Twitter account, they actually put – Together, a uh, a get well card for Seabass. So if you yeah, haven't had the cool. chance, uh, we're gonna retweet it. And I'll re- go ahead and retweet it in a moment. Go ahead and sign it. Send whatever thoughtful wishes, whatever things you want to say. I know Chris is gonna say you're fucking badass and you're gonna come back better than ever. Uh, get a chance to do it. Seabass is one of those guys he really thrives in that kind of stuff. But um mm-hmm. best of wishes, man. I-, I I'm so excited for him to come back, knowing that he's okay. Because I think he's gonna be better than ever. Yeah, I I think so too. But uh, yeah,
0: no, you you're you're, you're right. You're you have every right to be a little concerned, yeah. um, um, in that area. Um, but I mean, the, the, let's be honest though. The the tail the tape this past week was was just not bringing runners home. That was fucking brutal. Like, not yesterday's game. The game before. No, that was Bassett's injury the national tv game espn on monday. They had runners, they had runners on second and third or just on third like it for three straight innings with ze- with one or zero outs and they could not bring a guy home. They would ground out or they would strike out two or something like that. It just it drove me insane. It's like, "Well, I thought we solved this problem. I thought we were I thought we figured this out." And now we're back to where we were before the deadline. Like, this is not going to win us a championship. Like, what the fuck is going on?
1: It's – it seems like there's only a few guys who can really hit and run in into the scoring position, and one of them was Jed. It's starting to get to the point of frustration that it's like, I don't know if this is the – look, I'm an I'm a big anti-Darren Bush guy. You know that. Mm-hmm. Something that is telling we me – We both are. Yeah, we both are, and something is telling me that the preparation that these guys are getting when you're going into matchups, it just isn't working. Yeah, and absolutely, we told that I retweeted the stat earlier today that it was something like the A's hit like uh, their five last home runs were all solo home runs. I'm gonna pull up the exact number. Well, um,
0: Olson had a two-run home. Thing. No, but Olson was the one, 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 one that broke one it. Yesterday. He oh, also
1: okay. was the one that broke it today. Oh, the A's yeah, last been a lot of fourteen solo home runs have been solo home runs. That's insane. And it wasn't until today where Olson hit that two run home run. And that's just not sustainable. And this has just been a problem for the last three years. Last four well since twenty eighteen, when they've kind of got this new run of good teams. Yeah. I don't know what else you can say about that issue. We've been hampering all this since day one of starting this podcast is like, look, we're not expecting you to drive in five runs every time the bases are loaded. Or we're not expecting you to, to, you know, a grand slam every at bat, just make it competitive. And it still seems like that's their cons. They're not doing it consistently. And until they can't do that consistently, like this isn't a championship team. I, I am a full believer that I think with this roster they have now, the way the bullpen have been pitching, the way they, the starters have been throughout the season, this is a team that I think could legitimately win a World Series. I, mm-hmm. I I will stand by that point, and I will find anybody for it. But it's like the little things like that where you still can't show any signs of consistency. Is that is just a major red flag that all these years they still haven't been able to figure that shit out, and it, it's Who- it's just mind boggling, man.
0: Julio, I'll do I'll do you one better, like. Like we're not expecting you to to score like five runs every inning, but you have three innings with three chances in a row to get it right, and you can't do get one of them right. That's where I have the problem. look stranding runners it happens like nobody's perfect. You can't hit fucking one thousand in a season. so every once in a while you're gonna have those bad innings where you have a runner on third and you have three strikeouts in a row or whatever. With three fucking innings in a row, you have these opportunities and you can't do it. Like and I get this was Lance Lynn too, but like Lance Lynn looked very vulnerable that game. Very vulnerable. I think it was proof when we got runners on third and second for three innings in a row. It uh it just And you know, honestly part of it too, Julio, it's probably the roles are all fucked up now with, with the with the Ramon suspension. Like, they can't find someone consistent to bat second because, I mean, Lowry's kind of – they've been putting Lowry at third because he's been batting so well then you know, doing it with runners on base. Um, you know, they're kind of moving Harrison and Kemp all over the field, which is kind of weird. I get it. They're utility players, but that's kind of weird. Mitch Moreland is not consistent at the five hole. They, they're having a hard time kind of like filling up that middle of the order. Like the roles are just all over the place, and they keep trying to search for him, and the guys aren't stepping up.
1: Straight up, I think Jan Gomes should be playing majority of games. I would rather you have Yon. You Jan think Gomes he should be, be like the the full DH now? Um, not the full DH because I think another red flag that's kind of been drawn up lately is just seeing like Jed's <laughs> building has is really starting to show like unfortunately his his body's cashing up with him out there yeah but yeah Jan gomes is just every at bat is at least productive he's just mm-hmm. so productive out there every single bat so maybe if he's not going to be the full-time dh and i think the team really does benefit from having them behind the plate as well and it's it's showing so far um but you're right though it's like it's weird even though like as he does. He makes lost... the
0: most of every at bat ever since he's yeah, been in team I Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And he almost hit a home run yesterday. He was so close yeah. to kind of hitting it out yesterday, just kind of died out in the outfield. But uh you brought up a really good point of they're still trying to figure out this lineup post Ramon, even though as soon as he got suspended, they went on a seven game excuse me, a seven game win streak. And it, it's weird that they've never figured it out. And how much so how much of a point do you think this kind of sludge of games has to deal with just this is what 10 games in a row and all 10 were on the road i think that's a big
0: i think that's a big part of it i think that's a big part of it but 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 also i think that bob melvin's trying to get he's all he's almost over managing he's trying to get too cute with the lineup and too cute with the positions like you see you see a lineup and you see um a defense that's working like why don't you just stick with that and just ride that where he's like Trying to give too many, giving everybody a day off. He's, you know, Kemp's in left field and then he removing him over second and then, you know, he's going to fucking play center field and then, you know, Josh Harrison's playing all over the fucking field and, you know, Mitch Mullen has a day off and Jan Gomes is DHing. It's just like, stop, just stop getting too cute and let's just go with what works. Um,
1: sorry, what were you saying? Um, no, that, that was kind of my last point that I think. Whenever we're ready to move on to the next segment, I think there's somebody who's really going to help solidify this lineup um, to really figure out where it's going to go next. So if, if you have any more lasting points, I think a big part of this this my last point with this whole thing is like 10 games on the road, back-to-back. Back, you're going from uh, Cleveland to Texas to yeah. Chicago. Look, man chris you travel for work that shit's exhausting i could oh, imagine yeah. how much how exhausting moving you feel all over just,
0: those time zones man yeah, yeah.
1: so imagine just having to play every single day since then and there's probably some guys like shit have you seen Matt Olson get a day off this whole time no that, that
0: no that's i mean that's that's you're only moving one hour but that's three different time zones you went into you went you went from from central to east to central like that's insane um but one last thing, and then um, and then you can you, um, talk about the thing that you think is going to ground it a little bit. Um, oh, my God. I totally lost my train of thought. It's not important. Oh, oh. Huh? I do feel like we were cheated a little bit. We were robbed a little bit. I tweeted out a poll today. Did you feel like we were robbed because I felt that way a little bit from this series with the White Sox? I felt like we could have definitely tied up that series, but, like, just Bassett's injury just totally – just took the wind out of this team yesterday Um, that I I don't want to blame it on that, but I I will say that that, that was something that was concerning. So I maybe we're overreacting and maybe just like that one game really affected like that whole series, but, and you know, the Rangers always play us well. So that's, there's that too, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I, 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 I think it's more what we've been talking about for the past 20 minutes than, than
1: that. Well, Chris, get ready, because it's going down. We're yelling Pinder. Oh. The latest speculation is... Swipe right. Swipe right, baby. The latest speculation from uh, Bob Melvin is that Chad Pinder is expected to be returning this weekend as soon as tomorrow against the series against the Giants, or uh, today if you're listening tomorrow morning. Anyways... Chad, Bender, Chad Pinder is going to come back to the lineup. We've kind of talked about in the past how important it's going to be, even if his bat is not there, to kind of have him there to give some relief to Elvis at short, to give him the days off when he needs it. Pinder, or, um, sorry, Chapman at third, give him the days off when he needs it. And he's kind of one second of those. Second base, too. Yeah. yeah, at second as well. And it just kind of gives some more pieces to Ball Mel to work with fantastic news they've drastically needed some just somebody where you can kind of plug and play okay with giving days off to because i love tony Kemp. i've been a huge fan of his throughout the season um and i I think he's really a a wizard at at second he's made some pretty dynamic plays throughout the Mm -hmm. season i don't think he should be playing in the outfield too often though just because of like um with, especially arm. Yeah, especially with no Ramon right now, we don't really have a, somebody who can really hold guys at second who are trying to run the third kind of thing. But with yeah. Pinder out there, you got somebody who's got a good enough arm that can at least stop those guys from advancing and so on and so forth. And Canna can go back
0: to left, which is nice because his presence in left is, is great. Uh, you know, another thing I just thought of, Julio, is um, Elvis Andrews mat- – uh, paternity leave that also might have been you know you're you're taking away leadership in the clubhouse too so that might have affected as well and Chad Pinder kind of helps that out cuz male machine is not the answer at shortstop um where Pinder can be a lot better and also Pinder he was he's a leader of the clubhouse that kind of like people that the, the fans don't necessarily know too much about he was one of the guys who in that um that series against the Astros, the ALDS last year in that game three when they were down and they rallied back. He was one of the guys who, him and Ramon and Marcus were the guys who were in the in the dugout like rallying and like giving speeches to try and get the guys going. So that's going to be super important. Yeah, just more versatility. Hopefully the Bob Melvin doesn't get too cute with it. But I, yeah, he's we've been saying, we always talk about how important Pinder every time he comes back from an injury, we talk about how important Pinder is to this team and, and what he does.
1: Yeah, and it's just sucked because he's been hurt so much this year. Yeah, yeah. And it's shown, like, when he's not there, how important it is. Like, this offense, this team really clicks when Pinder and Canna are out there. And you lose one of those guys you kind of lose a part of that offense. Like, when when Kanna first came back from the IL when he was out, like, in the middle of July or before the All-Star break, it was showing, like, oh, shit, we need somebody who's going to kind of, even if he's not going to be hitting as hard as he is, somebody who's just going to be patient at the plate – taking pitches for every at bat Mm -hmm. and with pinder it's just like somebody where you can throw him anywhere you want and he'll he's going to make the best out of those situations he's got a really good arm he's got a solid glove so and this isn't a better time to get him against the giants so happy he's coming back um do you think he's going to be potentially like the everyday left fielder going forward or right fielder going forward um, I don't know. I really like Josh Harrison
0: and what he's been doing is bad. So he's one of the guys who, like, he's been the guy on third base, like the past, like f- five games that's getting stranded there, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I think you're right. I think we could use him at second and maybe Jed can DH. Cause whatever Mitch is doing, he's got to figure something out. Um, I would feel more comfortable with Jed at DH. Um, on his off days.
1: Um, I'd like... Yeah. I'd like to see... Um, I, I'm going to pull up this up if you want to stagger this up for a second. I'd like to see... I know we talk about the Dodgers a lot on here, but also mm. I'm super surrounded by Dodger talk, so that's kind of our thing. Because we live in Los Angeles. It's just yeah, how exactly. It is. Uh, I would love to see Bommel use Pinder the way that he uses... Or that the way the Dodgers use Chris Taylor in that oh interesting so here i'm gonna give you entering tuesday chris Taylor's played 49 games of center field 39 mm-hmm. at second 22 at short 10 and left <coughs> seven at third and one that'd in be right great. field just give like, all these guys a little like a little bit of rest at least a couple innings of rest yeah like dude canada has been playing so much yeah. um it's him those days i don't think starling Marte has really had any rest since he's been out there I don't know how well he probably doesn't,
0: yeah. he probably doesn't want any rest cause he missed half
1: the season from an injury. And also like, he's trying to get paid. So get him yeah, out there. But too. like Elvis needs it. Um, Chappie needs it. Like, it's just like, especially yeah. in this time of the year where it's starting to show where they on a 10 game road trip, they just went fine five and five when they should have taken that series against Texas. Uh, yeah, it, it just makes life a little bit easier for the whole team when he's there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, let's uh we'll move on to the, uh, the last piece of information for a's news and then um we'll finish it off but um unless you have something more to say it's going down yelling pender that's it boom yeah it, we expect to see some Pinder this weekend if he doesn't come back um some good news um the a's have been flexed into um prime time sunday night baseball against the yankees on shit i just had it up but i lost it espn um, on ESPN, no, I mean the date, the date of the game, but it's not important. It's in two weeks. That is um, August 29th. August 29th. So Sunday Night Baseball um, will be um, at the Coliseum as well as Baseball Tonight um, on location. So that'll be pretty cool. Um, you'll get to watch them play the Yankees. And that'll be a fun series. I didn't know that MLB had flex scheduling, but I looked it up, and apparently they do for the second half of the season. So that's also why we saw the A's on Monday Night Baseball this week. They got flexed into that game as well. So that'll be cool. All right, Julio. This upcoming schedule, we play the Giants this weekend, Friday through Sunday. Uh, One second. I have the pitching matchups right here. Alex Wood is facing off against um, James Caprillion on Friday the 20th. Saturday, it's going to be Kevin Gaussman versus shamanaya uh 1 p.m start game for that and uh webb will be facing off against um that's not brandon webb i don't know why i was thinking to say that but logan webb logan webb is facing off against frankie Montas on sunday 1 p.m start so this is a big series going against the best team in baseball statistically that is the standings i don't know if i would say that they're the best team in baseball but that's just my opinion um and then after that two game series against seattle monday and tuesday wednesday off um, Julio, who's your player of the week, if you have one?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go with somebody who uh, I think they've made the biggest. They've made a big impact in the <clears> pen. <throat> I'm gonna go with AJ Puck. Oh, I think he's he's really starting to come into his own in this role. Uh, he only pitched and he three did
0: in- he did what? Uh, oh, it feels like I thought it
1: was more than three innings. It feels like more, but he's been doing what you what you want him to do is eat a again. Yeah. 8 in innings came up. Um, and yeah. I think he's done a really solid job so far he's only, he, this last week he only pitched 3 innings he gave up only one run, he walked one he, he had 2 K's and uh, throughout he's only pitched uh, 7 innings total throughout the season and he hasn't given up a run yet so uh, I think we just gotta show like, hey, it's it's working so far how long this is going to be sustainable because of his history we'll see but mm-hmm. it, it is starting to click a little bit so i'm hoping that's sustainable i just want to give him his kudos while kudos is there so aj puck that's my play of the week
0: nice i like that pick solid pick uh mine's gonna be paul blackburn because he stepped up big um he got the call the day before um to come in and and step up and take this this pitching assignment um they it kind of moved worked out for everybody's favor because then it pushed all the starters back so that our three best starters are pitching this weekend against the Giants. But he came up the day before, flew out to Chicago, pitched a hell of a game in place of um, the injured Chris Bassett. Five innings, only five hits, three runs, three strikeouts. But he, he didn't get any run support. And this was the game that I was talking about where they had very many opportunities of runners on, ba- on third base, and they could not bring runners home. Let's see how many runners they stranded. Uh, runners left in scoring position, uh, Josh Harrison three times, Mark Canna twice, Matt Chapman twice. So they stranded, oh my God, they stranded seven runners in that game in scoring position. Um, but you did your job, buddy. So kudos to you. Um, I don't know how much we're going to see of you this the rest of the season. Uh, they might bring up um, Dalton Jeffries, but you deserve a spot because you, you did well, so. You get you get my player of the week. Antioch one of Antioch and Brentwood's finest.
1: You can go and get a, a free burrito from Los Three Migos restaurant whenever you would like, my friend. There you go. Family discount.
0: Alright, Hulu. Last week's Essential Tailgate Tools of the Week. You pick Marcana.
1: And uh he was uh, He had a home run, that's cool. Yeah, I think th- that's he was kind five of. five
0: for thirty-one with five strikeouts, so That sucks.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think kind of a one thing we're seeing <clears throat> lately is his, his power, has kind of regressed a little bit. Yeah. He's obviously he's still being patient at the plate. He still got three walks. He got hit by a pitch because it wouldn't be a Marcinha hit without getting hit by a pitch. But uh, yeah, it, it, hitting. I wonder if a- he's
0: been being more p- like a different hitting, like a different strategy because he's a leadoff hitter.
1: Maybe. Even though, like, I feel, I, I feel like I've seen him hit for bombs more, but you know.
0: I don't know. Uh, mine was Elvis. An- That's true. That's a good point.
1: Uh, mine was Elvis Andrews. He
0: was on paternity leave for half the week, though, so not that you know, three for 19. Uh, still a base. That's cool. I don't know. I didn't Better know he. That yeah. He, I didn't know that his wife was pregnant. So I'd, otherwise, I would. I'm just kidding. Um. Yeah. I didn't get a full week out of him, but, you know, it is what it is. We win some, we lose some. All right, Julio, who is your essential tool
1: of this week? <sighs> Matt Chapman. I want to see if we're going to keep doing it, man. Um, I, you I know, know I for sure well. thought one of us was going to pick Chappie because – Probably should pap- have, but I just wanted to get Paul Blackburn his, his – No, absolutely. He, he deserves the love he, he should get. I think yeah. he really was really <clears> solid in that start but um chappy might be back and i just want to kind of rewind knock on one if you're with me knock away this my rewind motion to uh when we did our our State of the ace he was your second fmvp if he was really starting if this team really wants to be competitive he's got to start clicking and he has to be yeah. really looking like at least the uh, power wise it's starting to come back he's i think he's at 19 home runs now Um, it it looks like it's starting to click again, and I think this coming week against a huge series, two huge series really against the Giants and the Mariners, uh, this can be time for him to shine. So Chappie, let's bring it in home, baby. We have forty five games left. Can he pull a two thousand and ten Hideki Matsui
0: and have an insane second half? That's what we're hoping for. Yes. Um, mine is going to be Shamanaya because he needs to pitch well in this game on Saturday. Um, one, we need this win because I don't want to fucking hear from Giants fans. And two, we just need him to bounce back because he needs to lead the staff because he's the only real candidate who has the, at least right now, who has the um, makeup. In terms of like all around, just his pitching style and and everything, just just a complete pitcher. He's the only one in our rotation who has it. I think Caprillion will have it, but he's young. Uh, he's the only mm-hmm. one who has it now, so we need him to do that. So Shawn Minaya is my essential ticket to the week. Uh, we're not going to update the polls because I only did two polls this week, so we'll just and one of them was today, so we'll just wrap those into next week and add them to next week's update in the polls. Sound good, Julio? Yes. All right, cool. Um, that's going to do it for this week's Town Tailgate podcast. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Um, you can email us things if you want to. Podcast at gmail.com. I don't know why you would, but you can. That's that's cool. Yeah, sure. Um, why not? Yeah. Um, and don't forget to uh, check out the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Um, that's what we are powered by. Uh, am I missing anything?
1: Oh, everything. we gotta get a we gotta get a shout out to Eye real quick, man. Oh man,
0: okay, quick. yeah, I'm gonna take this one. Real yeah, quick. take it, man. Take it. It's all you. So when I was, you know, when I was a kid, you know, obviously I listened to hip hop, but it was mostly mainstream stuff. My brother is a hip hop head. My brother Larry Madrigal, shout out. Uh, he's a hip hop head, and when the hyphy movement came to the Bay Area, he got super into the hyphy movement. And so much that he kind of went down, like, a deep dive of finding out all these, like, underground rappers. Zion Eye was one of those guys. This was before Don't Lose Your Head came out. This was when, like, The Bay was, like, their big song. Which, if you know Zion Eye, if you know uh, the Hive Movement, you know what song I'm talking about. It's like, in the Bay. It's just talking about, like, things that we do in the Bay. Um, so Zion I is a, is a rap group uh, with Zumbi and Amp Live. Is the Zumbi is the MC Amp Live was the was the producer and um, and DJ, um, and their music just really you know my brother introduced me to him and they just really spoke to me. He's they're one of my brother's favorite um, artists of all time as well, but they're very lyrical. They talk about really important things. In fact, they talked a lot in their early albums like 2005, two thousand five, seven, nine, about mental health. They were really ahead of that train. More than anybody um and just their music really spoke to me my one of my all-time top five maybe probably second all-time favorite album is heroes in the city of dope which was their album they did in 2007 yep, with yep, the grouch yep, yep. just nothing but classics and if you listen to that album i recommend that you listen to it from start to finish all the way through the album is designed like "Sgt. pepper's lonely hearts club band and it's ordered it's designed to listen to all the way through from start to finish they have um, sound transitions from the at the end of one song that go into the next. It's just a beautiful piece of art talks about and the, all their music talks about just amazing stuff. It's not just like partying and bitches and shit like that. Um, so that when that album came out, he became my all time favorite rapper. I had the luxury of meeting him in 2013 when I was interning at Comcast Sportsnet, which is now NBC Sportsnet. <laughs> Um, I didn't know when I showed up to work that day that he was coming in to ch- be on our our, our talk sh- our weekly talk show or daily talk show Yahoo Sports Talk Live. He's going to do a performance. Uh, my boss surprised me with that. Um, he came in, we shot with him. Um, he hung out and just shot the shit with us afterward. My boss was also a really big fan of Zion I so we were talking to him and telling him about how we're such a big, I'm such a big fan. Like your music spoke to me for all these years. He pl- he performed, um, Kostin, which is a one of another great song of theirs. Um, and I told him about the story of, he had a show in Berkeley once where my brother came to it and he pulled my brother up on stage and they were dancing. Uh, I forgot who he was with, but he, my brother, that's one of my favorite, my brother's favorite stories, um, at a concert and they started dancing and they hung and like, he was up there for like two songs and just like rapping and hanging out with them. And I told him that story, and he was like, yeah, we do that a lot. So honestly, I can't remember exactly when it was. (laughs) I just thought that was the funniest thing. That's great. And when, when we're done shooting the shit, you know, we wanted to ask for a picture, but we're at work, so we wanted to be, like, respectful. And we're like, yeah, man, it was great meeting you. Thank you so much. And he goes, you guys want a picture with me? And I was like, what? Did he just ask us if we could get a picture with him? fuck yeah, we want a picture, yes, 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 we do, we want a picture, he's like, I was like, I didn't want to ask, but like, you know, he's like, yeah, man, no, hell no, Yeah, get in here, let's take a picture, and he took a picture with us, and it wasn't like a, like a, like a smiling, like arm around a picture, he was like, let's do something cool, and like, we like pointed, we, you know, we were just like, dude, and stupid shit, and he was just awesome, and so much fun, and that was like the greatest moment of my college life, um, it's still one of my favorite moments, meeting a celebrity, I've met a lot of them, especially living down here in L.A., and uh, I will always remember it. So rest in peace to Stephen uh, Zumbi. I forgot his last name, but uh, uh, Zion, uh, Zion of Zion I.
1: So dude, planes, trains, automobiles—like one of my favorite songs of that era, man. Yep. Especially oh, yeah. like when you when you move away from home, when you kind of hear you hear the, the the sound of Bart trains going by, and we you, take planes, you... trains, automobiles,
0: yeah, ride around the world to collect more squirrel, and when we get done. I miss my I miss home. My oh, home. my God. Yeah, man. I could Just
1: be- yeah. music from the heart, man. So, you know, yeah. rest in peace. One of Oakland's finest, ladies and gentlemen. So on that note,
0: in honor of Zumbi, last but not least, Julio.
1: Never forget. Let's go, Oakland. Woo! The
0: Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, (laughs) and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say,
1: let's go Oakland.